Welcome to the Morning News Podcast for Monday, November 30th. We begin with a look at the many myths surrounding COVID-19. We speak with a medical laboratory technologist with a specialization in medical laboratory science who takes aim at the many falsehoods circulating online about the coronavirus. Next, as we put a cap on Movember, we focus on men's mental health issues. Former NFL and CFL player and current Calgary firefighter Randy Chevrier joins us to tell us why the issue hits close to home for him. It's our annual tradition. Pledge Day 2020 takes place this Friday on 770 CHQR. Our roving reporter, Dave McIver, highlights one of the organizations involved this year, Variety, the children's charity. And finally, it's fun to take part in a holiday gift exchange, but you may want to beware of doing it online. We speak with Shauna K. Thomas of the BBB with details on the Secret Sisters Christmas Gift Exchange, which is more than a scam. It's also illegal. 609 on your Monday morning and we spotted a video on social media debunking some of the common myths around COVID and thought we better get this person on the radio. So joining us this morning is Shauna Gerlach, who is a medical laboratory technologist and also holds a Bachelor of Science in Medical Laboratory Science. Good morning, Shauna. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining us because after watching your video, obviously you thought it was important enough to address some of the misinformation that's being spread about COVID. So we're glad you're here to help us out. We've got some questions for you and some of them come from your video. So can we start with this one that uh, there's a question out there about there being false positive COVID tests. Is that possible? Right. Um, it's, t- uh, it's hard to explain. It's in theory, it's possible, but it's extremely, extremely small. And I'm talking like 0.0001. So I think people need to understand that when we design the test, the first thing that we do is to try and make sure that we're not going to have false positives for other influenzas or other common colds or other um, viruses that would interfere with the testing. So when we first get a test like that, the first thing we do is we run it against uh, samples that are known to be positive for all the other viruses other than COVID to prove that it's not picking that up. And so we've done a lot of testing both uh, at the local level as well as the national level with Health Canada. And FDA did the same testing with it. We tried really, really, really hard to make it, uh, you know, not work. And and we made it work. And that's how we know that the test works to, to detect COVID. Shauna, here's another one related to testing, and it's something that Sue and I have joked about because it always seems to be a story coming from somebody's best friend's cousin's sister's <laughs> boyfriend, which right? is which 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 is uh, people who haven't been tested. So they say, "I went to get tested. I booked my appointment. The lineup was two hours. I didn't have two hours to spend, so I left the lineup." I got home, and within a couple of days, I got a note that I had tested positive when I didn't actually take the test. How do you address right. that? Right. I know that that was an issue in a municipality, and I know that the counselor of that area said, you know what, bring us that, prove that to us, show us. And, and to my knowledge, no one was ever able to actually prove that urban myth. Um, the only way that, in theory, that's possible is if a sample was mislabeled at the time of collection. But that, again, is also unlikely as part of the sign-up process. When you filled out that form, it had a, a sticker with it, and that's the sticker with your name on it. It gets put on the sample and is sent to the lab. So, again, until somebody can, can prove to us that that actually happened, um, I am very highly suspicious of that story. How about this one? Are cases of the flu being miscounted as COVID? For example, do you, I mean, kind of goes back to that first one we talked about, but can you find flu in COVID and then can it be miscounted as such? 
Not really, because the test that we're doing, uh, you know, at the assessment centers is, is really just a yes-no test for COVID. The only section of the gene that we're looking for is the section of the gene that's specific to COVID. We are not looking in that testing for any other viruses at all, just for that piece of DNA that belongs to COVID. So that's the only one that would show up? Only one on those tests, the only one that would show up, yes. Well, we've heard many times the flu is bringing the numbers up. Thanks for addressing that one. Here's yeah. another one. I think that this one's been uh, circulating for a long, long time, which is that case numbers are higher now simply because we're testing more. How do you address that? Not really. It's sort of a false assumption. It's, remember way back at the very, very beginning, we were running a huge volume. We were running 13,000 tests a day. And at that time, we were only getting, I think, like a 1.0 or a 0.9% positivity rate. And we were running just as many tests then as we're able to run now. We're simply catching more people have COVID right now. So that's what we're picking up. That makes sense. Okay, here's a, here's one. It kind of relates to something that Elon Musk was tweeting about. But are the rapid right. tests as accurate as the main tests that you would go and get done with AHS, say? Right. The answer to that is no. Um, rapid testing is great because it picks up all of your positives for sure. Um, but if you've just been, you know, just been exposed, if your viral count is low or if the sample hasn't been collected as well, um, often, you know, sometimes the rapid test will falsely show negative. And that's why I'm really happy to see AHS uh, has a policy that every rapid test is also accompanied with a, a swab that is sent off for, for the gold standard PCR testing that we do, um, uh, that everyone's used to seeing us do. So we do it twice. You get your rapid test and we send a sample off um, for the PCR testing as well. Shauna, we've also heard that it's in the best interest of any health system or, you know, um, health foundation to have positive tests because they get paid more when they have positive tests? Um, absolutely not. Um, that's uh, We're paid, I've said this repeatedly, we're paid by the hour. <laughs> and uh, when, that, when that comment was actually brought up on my, my Facebook page, a coworker actually commented that it's actually far more work for us to report a positive. We have to phone their physician. We have to, you know, put a, a extra comments in the, in the computer system. Our lives would be easier, frankly, if we could just report everybody negative and go home. Reporting positive is, is we're doing, it's just, we're the people who do, you know, public health water testing. We make sure that the water that Albertans drink is clean. We, you know, on a national level, we do the testing to make sure that the food that Canadians eat that, that we, we provide to Canadians, that that's, you know, that's healthy and that isn't going to, you know, give you E. coli. That's what we do day in and day out. And to, to sort of have this idea that we're going to start lying about tests, um, you know, just to make ourselves, I don't know, to, to gain, I don't know, who's going to pay us? I mean, honestly, <laughs> who's going to pay me to tell them that they're COVID positive? It doesn't work that way. Are there any other big ones that you've seen that you really want to address for us? Because I know, you know, being what you doing, what you do, you must hear the craziest things. Um, I certainly have. I, and you know what? I could spend hours talking about conspiracy theories. Uh, you know, goodness knows that's fun over a beer. But I think when you're making decisions about public health, I think you always have to look for people who have a lot of, of data and research behind them. Um, you know, and if there were one issue I think that we haven't really talked a lot about, um, it's the, what we call serological testing, so antibody testing. Um, and I think people put a lot of weight in that antibody testing um, because I think you can pay for it privately. 
Um, but something that people have to remember is just because you have antibodies to COVID, and we've picked that up, it doesn't tell us if you have immunity, and it doesn't tell us how long ago that you were exposed to COVID. And it, it really, you know, on an individual clinical case level, it, it's not really helpful to, for an individual to know. The important test is to go and have, if you have symptoms, to go to an assessment center and have that PCR testing done. Incredible. And it must, uh, again, be a source of frustration if you were to, you know, kind of tackle this on your free time, Shauna. So we appreciate your time this morning because we know the misinformation comes fast and furiously these days. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on and, and good luck. Thank you. That is Shauna Gerlach, medical laboratory technologist, and she holds a Bachelor of Science in Medical Laboratory Science. 649 on the morning news. It may be the last day of Movember, but one man's journey to create awareness for men's mental health continues. We're joined now by Randy Chevrier, a Calgary firefighter and former NFLer slash CFLer. He's done it all, this guy, with more on his campaign. Good morning to you, Randy. Good morning, Andrew. Thanks for the nice uh, song on the intro. I like that. Well, you know, <laughs> we aim to please. Brian is on top of it. Uh, he could have done a mustache song as well. Uh, before we perhaps get to your stash or lack thereof, or if it's monstrous, uh, I want to talk to you just in general. Movember, it's, you know, 30 days to focus on men's mental health, but you, um, you know, champion the cause year-round. Why is it so important to you? Yeah, you, you know, Andrew, uh, you mentioned I, when I played football, I did so many different sports for charities. Uh, I love doing that stuff. It's always representing, you know, I do, I do bully prevention, I do women's cancers, like, Many things that touch my heart, but uh, for men's health, the last couple of years, I started realizing, geez, you know, there are so many supports for all these groups out there, which is fantastic. But I find the one group uh, that really uh, lacks support or, or uh, maybe maybe we're not taught to go for support is, is men. It doesn't matter what shape, size, color, uh, what you believe in. It just seems like in general men seem to kind of, fend for themselves a lot, and uh, and and I saw that even in terms of how I was, you know, as a professional athlete, you know, when you're when you're hurt, when you when you're sick, you don't show it because you know you you could lose your job, someone could take your place. There's all these these things that are built into us that that are barriers to our own health. And I thought, you know, if I can advocate for, for everyone else, I should start advocating for myself and, and my peers. And, and and really, that's what it's about. It's, you know, for me, it's less about raising money right now, but really trying to get men to act for themselves. Because at the end of the day, no one will. Uh, no one's going to push you to go see the doctor and get checked or, or, or go talk to someone and have a tough conversation when, when, when you're having a tough day. And, and that's really why uh, I'm involved with Movember, is really to have conversations with people and, and hopefully inspire a couple of guys to say, hey, you know what? Things don't, don't seem so right with me. Maybe I've got to go talk to my doctor and get my yearly checkup or whatever it is, you know? Randy, and I think, too, you know, we as parents, we need to start with our, our young boys, our young kids in general, but the boys for sure. And, and I love, you know, seeing a young guy like you, a football player, a firefighter, to, to hear your voice tell them it's okay to cry, it's okay to be vulnerable, I think is so, so very important. Oh, yeah. I mean, times have changed for sure. But again, and I think, again, we are at uh, um, at this crossroads with, you know, everything going on in society. With, you know, we talked about masculinity and toxic masculinity. I think uh, a lot of times, and, and, and to be truthful, uh, it seems like guys don't know how to be now. And, you know, you want to raise your boys tough, but you also want to raise them sensitive. And there's kind of this, this uh, identity crisis. And, and again, it, it comes right back to our health. 
you know what what's okay for us to do we're like who can we talk to when we're not feeling well and 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 really you're right so it's, it's, it's about making sure that that uh, young boys and men uh, know that they can reach out for help when they need it uh, and, and 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 advocate for their health uh, especially our health like you know I know my dad when when he was older he hated going to a doctor he, he would avoid it at all costs I know so many of my kids I'm 44 years old and I know a bunch of my buddies you know they won't go see a doctor but at 44 years old, you start living in that phase of your life where things are going to come up, things are going to creep up. We all, I, I know a bunch of buddies that have um, uh, health issues right now that are my age, maybe a little bit older, maybe a little bit younger. And, and, and you know, you've got to break your, or instill those habits early in people to go get checked and advocate for themselves. Because when someone turns 50 and all of a sudden something's not quite right, if they don't have the programming in them to say, hey, I'm going to call my doctor and get this checked out, and hey, I'm going to follow through with all the inconvenient and important appointments that I have to do to, to get to the bottom of this, they won't. And, uh, and that's, that's sad to see because a lot of, of, um, of what's, what's in and, and, and what you know, the Movember campaign aims to, to uh, take a stab at, a lot of those things are preventable or, or at least things that we can detect early. So, uh, you know, when you're talking about prostate cancer, yeah. testicular cancer, um, you know, suicide, those are all things that we can help people with. If they're aware yeah. to go get help and, and, and we can fund these, these um, resources for them. Good stuff. Thank you so much. We love having you on. Thanks for spreading the message, Randy. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate you. Thanks for having me on a Monday morning. There's still time to donate. It's the last day of November. Mm-hmm. Um, just go to movember.ca if you want to donate to my campaign. I just opened up this morning and I hit my... My thousand dollar goal, which Woo-hoo! is really cool. My, Good stuff. my best friend and some guy I don't even know. Actually, I do know. Him. I play hockey with him, and we had a conversation, which is weird. During the month, yeah. we had a conversation, and and he donated. It. So I hit a thousand. But if anybody wants to donate, go to Movember.ca. You can look for my page. It's just donate to anyone you know. Uh, it's for a good cause oh. and. Um, Everybody people. and everybody knows you, so uh, make it in uh, Randy's name, Movember.ca. Thank you so much. That is, thank uh, you, Andrew. Thank you. Have a good day. You that too. is Randy Chevrier, former NFL and CFL player and current firefighter with the Calgary Fire Department. 909 on the morning news. Pledge Day is this Friday, December 4th, and our sports guy and roving reporter Dave McIver will be featuring four charities that your Pledge Day dollars will help. This morning, we're hearing about Variety, the children's charity, and their program for giving kids and families the chance to play Volt Hockey. The sounds of a hockey rink, pucks bouncing off the boards, the ref blowing his whistle and a crowd cheering. As we work our way toward Friday and Pledge Day here at Global News Radio 770 CHQR, I've been chatting with some of the charities, Calgarians help with their hard-earned dollars donated through the Calgary Children's Foundation on Pledge Day. Today I'm chatting with Larry Horecci. He's the Chief Operating Officer from Variety Alberta, and we're talking about the amazing opportunity they're giving kids to play Volt Hockey. But before we get into what Volt Hockey is, I asked Larry, what is Variety Alberta? So Variety exists to make Alberta more inclusive and accepting for children living with disabilities across our province. And we do that through, what we do is we reach out to our communities, we look for gaps in services and in ways that we can um, make changes on a bigger scale that will really make a difference for children. So we deliver multiple programs 
based on that analysis of where there are gaps and how we can make our communities a better place. And so things like a disability awareness education program called Just Like You, Volt Hockey, Volt and Inclusive Playgrounds, and Go Baby Go are three programs that are all about physical activity, sport, children being included, making sure everybody can play together. We have a little catchphrase, which is every child has the right to be active, be social, and belong. And every one of our programs is meant to advance that mission. Among the many programs Variety Alberta provides, you heard Larry mention Volt Hockey. So what is Volt Hockey? So what it is, Volt Hockey uses a specially custom-built electric chair. It's on rubber wheels, and so it can be used in a gym, and that's the idea is that it's on a dry surface. It sits low, it's fast, it's exciting, and anybody, as long as you can operate a toggle switch, that's all you have to do to be able to play volt hockey. And then as soon as you can do that, you get your butt kicked by some kid who knows exactly how to use a toggle switch, and if you're an NHL player and you played hockey all your life, prepare to uh, be humbled by a 10-year-old who's in this cool adapted chair, and they are on the exact same level playing field as you are because all it is is the ability to operate that toggle switch. And so it's set up in a gym. It's got two nets. It's got a set of borders. And you've got this chair with a little blade attached to the front of it, a hockey stick, a hockey blade, we'll call it, to the front of it. And you use a wiffle ball. And so you maneuver yourself around the play, the, the surface. And the goal is to score on the other team and just like regular hockey. All right, now we know what Volt Hockey is. So I asked Larry, what do the dollars raised on Pledge Day do for variety? Oh, you know what? For everybody who supports Pledge Day, the money that's coming to Volt Hockey allows us to purchase these chairs and get them shipped over from Denmark. And the great thing about this is that when you're buying this chair, this chair now will be used by dozens and dozens of children, right? So a child who wants to play vault hockey doesn't have to bring anything but themselves. The dollars donated on Pledge Day are giving someone the opportunity to play hockey, but really, it's giving some kids the opportunity to do something they have always wanted to do but haven't been able to. Larry talked about that as well. This, for many children, is their very first opportunity to play a team sport. And you and I know the importance for all of our children to play sports with other children. The social aspect of it, the cognitive, the physical, the the interactive. And if you're a child who's been restricted to a wheelchair and you can't play other adaptive sports because you don't have the upper body strength, because you don't have that uh, physical capacity to play other adaptive sports or non-adaptive sports, you're not you're you're not playing sports. You've never been able to play another hockey type of modified hockey or anything else. So this gives those children a chance to do something they'd never otherwise be able to do, to score a goal. And Dave, I don't know about you, but now I'm a goaltender, so <laughs> I don't score goals. But the thrill of making the big save, 
right? But I know all of my friends who like the thrill of getting that goal. To get that thrill is so exciting. And to imagine a child who's never had that opportunity, you're finally giving them that opportunity by buying this chair, supporting Pledge Day to get this chair for that child. One of the things Larry mentioned at the end of our conversation that really emphasized the importance of the program was not only the chance the child is getting, but really the opportunity Calgarians are giving the family, something others may take for granted on a day-to-day basis. One of the things about having children uh, with disabilities, as a father of a child with a disability, and if you talk to most parents, that um, we all have these ideas in our head when we have a child, when we're going to have a child, when our, as a family we get pregnant and we're, we're going to have a child, and we imagine those things that we all did. We played hockey, we played baseball, we played soccer, we did things with our friends, we played, right? Mm-hmm. And when the reality of having a child with living with a disability uh, kicks in, um, some of those dreams of being able to coach your child, talk about what they did today, you know, did you score a goal? How was the game? Those things are often taken away from us, right? Um, and the children are so beautiful, and you want them to have the best, we all want the best life for our child, right? And so some of the parents that we work with through our other programs, when they heard about Volt, they are so excited. The, you know, the moms and dads think, I can't wait to volunteer and help coach my kid. Right, I always dreamed of coaching my kid in hockey or a sport, or I just wanted to be there and cheer them on. Right, mm-hmm. so for the child, but also for the family, you get that opportunity now to to cheer on your kid. So if you're thinking about donating this Friday on Pledge Day, know that your dollars are going to help a kid score their first goal and make a big save. And you're giving parents a chance to do something that they may not have had the opportunity to do otherwise. I'm Dave McIver with Global News Radio, 770 CHQR. 849 on the morning news. It's a fun holiday tradition to participate in with family or at the office, but taking a secret Santa gift exchange to the internet could expose you to an illegal scam. Shauna K. Thomas with Calgary's Better Business Bureau joins us now with the details. Good morning to you, Shauna K. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. Thank you for taking the time. We appreciate it. In uh, this segment, uh, was something we were discussing in the office, how you saw this secret sisters Santa gift mm-hmm. exchange or just secret uh, gift exchange. It's starting to proliferate. So tell us about what it is and why it's dangerous. Yeah, so this secret sister gift exchange um, took to social media a few years ago, and each year we see it coming back and people are participating, giving out their personal information and you know putting themselves at risk. Um, it may seem innocent, but it's actually legal. Um, And as I mentioned, you're putting yourself at risk. So what happens, you get an email or a social media invite to sign up for this program. And all you need to do is to provide your personal information as well as that of a few additional friends. And then when you do this, you pass the invite along. Um, But in return, you're expected to get up to 39 gifts. Um, Sometimes they ask you to purchase gift card online. Or a new variation of this that we're seeing is that you're asked to put your e-transfer email address. 
Um, and then you can pick an email address from that list as well and send some money to someone or someone can pick your email address and send money to you. That's very risky because putting all of that personal information out there, you don't know who will have access to it and what it can be used for in the long run. You know, I've had it already from a few girlfriends who've said, you know, it's been a tough time. Let's just have some fun. It's only a $10 gift that you start with in the beginning. So even if it doesn't work, what's the big deal? But clearly there is a big deal always when these things pop up. There's always a big deal um, because it's your personal information. You don't know whose hands it's getting into and what it can be used for. And of course, with COVID-19, unfortunately, people are also, you know, tagging on to that to say it's a tough year. Send a gift to someone, as you mentioned. You won't be losing much if anything happens. But your personal information can be worth even more than the money that you can lose. Shana Kay, it's a difficult time because I think people are fatigued due to the pandemic. The holiday season looks a lot different. People are basically, bottom line, tired. But it's interesting because now is the time we have to be almost more vigilant than we have throughout the entire year, isn't it? We, we have to be vigilant. And, and because of this pandemic as well, you know, scammers are twisting so many things to include that emotional buy to say, you know, you, you, you need to give in to this because you're helping somebody else. It has been a tough year. So be very, very vigilant. And it's not just that you're giving your person information. Some people, they also don't get anything in return. And that's a big disappointment. Um, and it is illegal. It's a pyramid scheme, which we shouldn't be participating in. All right. So don't fall for it, even though they tug at your heartstrings sometimes. And the, uh, the, the good of the sisterhood is not necessarily good in the end, right? Exactly. Um, and, you know, you're giving away your personal information to strangers. That's something you have to be cautious about. Thanks so much for joining us, Shauna Kay. Thanks for having me. That is Shauna Kay Thomas, external communication specialist with the Better Business Bureau.